0: Welcome to the Animation Happy Hour.
1: a podcast where we talk about breaking into the animation industry over a couple of
2: drinks. All opinions and views expressed in this podcast are solely our own and are not representative of the companies for whom we work. My name is Ben. I'm Katie. And I'm Garrett, and we're all currently animators at Disney. Hey, guys. Well done. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Haven't seen you in a while. Yes, (laughs)
0: that's right. So today, let's start off with the most important thing. Yes, very important. Actually, it's very important. very much of tertiary importance, so us. but what are we drinking today? Uh, Garrett and Katie, I'll throw it to you guys. I
2: feel like you should introduce <laughs> I know <it> because <laughs> you made the
0: drink delicious. Well, today, um, well, first of all, I guess we should say the topic, I guess, first, which is, Katie, you want to take that and then I'll transition to the drink. <laughs> oh,
1: sure. So the topic of today is burnout and mental health.
0: That's right. (laughs) So we were workshopping different drinks to have for this. Animation
2: sad hour.
1: (laughs) We had a lot of ideas.
0: Yeah. And then Garrett came up with maybe something blue. It should be, you know, because when you're burnt out, you're tired, you got the blues. And then we came up with the boozy blues. Boozy blues. (laughs) (laughs) Boozy blues. Like a Mai Tai, right?
1: We almost did burnout on the beach didn't yeah. quite have the right ring. did do it. Boozy blues, um, just fun to say. When Ben and I are tired, we say I'm tie-tie, so we almost <laughs> did my tie-ties, but we realized mm-hmm. that's not like a universal thing to say tie-tie, <laughs> so. so here we are, boozy blues. But
0: it all came back around because, yeah. yes, if you want to make your own boozy blues, it is just a my tie, and instead of the orange curacao, oh, yeah. <laughs> you use blue curacao. Uh, which, according to Google, is... I'm hoping I'm saying that right. Curacao? I think so, yeah. Which, according to Google, is... Exactly the same thing, except one is orange, one is blue. And typically, the blue is of lesser quality, <laughs> so it's cheaper. So it's great. Yay!
3: Yeah,
0: boozy blues. It tastes very really cost-effective.
2: Yeah, <laughs> and it hasn't spilled on our. Uh... Oh yeah.
0: Oh man, uh, sorry. Little <laughs> <No. been> red <disturbed laughs> yeah. safe.
1: That's
0: um. the main pro: is you drink it from a squat glass. So
1: oh yeah. Oh you know. <laughs> yeah.
0: That was the problem with the martinis. But yeah,
1: yeah so today, yeah, we. I think we've been meaning to address this topic for a while and it's come up here and there in previous podcasts, but um, we wanted to do this one now because actually it makes a lot of sense after our hiatus where we kind of took some time off from the podcast to preserve our mental health. And then um, recently I actually gave a talk about burnout at work for the animation department. So I had been researching this topic kind of in depth. So it's, I don't wanna say it's gonna be easy, but but I had already taken tons of notes on it and kind of thought through and then I'm um, chat with Garrett. It sounded like Garrett had a lot of ideas also. Um Ben, I assume, has ideas. <laughs> <I think laughs> he was down for the topic, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, but right away we wanna give the disclaimer that we are not mental health professionals or experts. So even though we might kind of talk about some scientific or um medical lingo, uh, take it with a grain of salt and then who knows if it's up to date and all of that, but, um, it's just kind of coming from some online research that I did. So, um, I did think it would be helpful to start with giving some quick definitions again, very much found on Google, (laughs) but, um, so I think we all kind of have like a a basic understanding of what the word burnout means, but uh, it is helpful, I think, to actually define it and kind of go over the symptoms. So burnout is a chronic syndrome due to exposure to overwhelming long-term stress in the workplace or could be at home uh, with three dimensions, exhaustion, ineffectiveness, and cynicism slash detachment. It often feels like a feeling of giving up, like you can't keep going anymore. Um, It is emotional exhaustion that is persistent and impairs your functioning. Um, And some of the signs of burnout or some of the causes or symptoms are that you might feel emotionally drained, physically drained, mentally checked out when you're at work, you might feel uh, too much pressure to succeed, or that you have to kind of hide your personal problems or concerns at work. Um, and actually, you might be feeling financial insecurity. Um, I'm realizing as I get into this that we should probably say this is this might be kind of a serious episode. I'm sure yeah. we'll sprinkle <laughs> in some. <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll sprinkle in some light
2: and can give a joke every like yeah you
3: know,
1: that's <laughs> some banter mean, here and <laughs> there like, light the mood speaking uh, of
0: financial insecurity have you i know,
1: yeah. <laughs> I know once i started <laughs> reading like a feeling of giving up i was like oh i should probably like, give a disclaimer <laughs> that yeah it is yeah. a little
0: heavy but it's important yeah it's important, yeah.
1: So. yeah well
0: that's a good point we want to it is a little heavy so it's inherently kind of uncomfortable to talk about but mm-hmm. a large um i guess part of the impetus for this one is what we we wanted to normalize it, right? Because it's yeah, totally, totally. It's amazing how, I mean, even the I feel like just to people who we know, who we would imagine would be immune to this, or the people most mm-hmm. likely to be immune to this, still totally struggle with it. You know, yeah. that A plus rock star animators or modelers or riggers or anything. I, I don't know that I've spoken yeah, to a single person. People it's like,
1: leadership or, and mm, trainees and yeah. like at all levels, you could totally. experience this. Yeah. Totally. Um, there were some additional definitions I pulled for kind of related, or I guess I, I basically pulled definitions for um, conditions that I think come up a lot. Uh, amongst the animators, so the next one I wanted to bring up is a uh, languishing. So languishing is something that came up um, or kind of came into the public consciousness during the pandemic, and that is a feeling of or you feel joyless, aimless, empty, and stagnant. Um, it can kind of be the void between depression and flourishing. It's an absence of well-being and you're, you just feel like you're not functioning at full capacity, but maybe you're still kind of getting through the day and, and somewhat getting your job done. Um, you feel like your motivation and your focus is dull. Um, and it's often actually a precursor to burnout and can lead to depression and anxiety disorders later. So um, yeah, I feel like languishing is something that very much, yeah, the definition of you have an absence of well-being you're not functioning at full capacity, but like you're still functioning. (laughs) Um, And then the next one I pulled was anxiety. So anxiety is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. It's also a feeling of fear, dread, or uneasiness, and it might cause you to sweat or feel restless and tense and have a rapid heartbeat. Um, And then lastly, I just pulled the difference between uh, rumination and worry. So rumination is a persistent and repetitive thinking that is usually looking backward and more associated with depression, whereas worry is persistent and repetitive thinking that is usually looking forward and more associated with anxious apprehension. So uh, yeah, so so there's some fun uh, Definitions for you. But I wanted to start with those to kind of lead into the question. Have either of you experienced any of the above? And do you have, yeah, kind of any personal anecdotes relating to any of these definitions or anything else that I haven't mentioned
2: well, I can say for sure that, uh, <laughs> I've experienced definitely all of these things. Um, and I'm like weirdly nervous, like talking about this sure, stuff because I yeah. feel like uh, this is heavy okay. and, um, yeah, but, uh, well, I can just talk a little bit about my kind of experiences, um, with mental health. Um, I wrote some notes cause I want to be prepared, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I feel like, um, this industry has been really tough on my mental health, um, mm-hmm. And pretty much everything you just mentioned, like I've experienced the mm-hmm. burnout, the languishing, um, the ruminating, and I'll get into that in a second, but, um, I, I, am glad we're talking about this, like you said, Ben, cause we're like normalizing it. And I think everyone goes through it to some extent. I feel like it's like the number one thing right now, like, yeah. uh, to try to work on, but I think over the past, so I've been struggling with this stuff for a while, but over the past, like three years, I've, uh really gotten a handle on like my mental health and i've um pursued therapy and i've actually recently learned that i have ocd which mm-hmm. i don't think you guys knew oh, about wow. me So a little yeah. reveal i don't even <laughs> think my family knows i have ocd but i actually to to start i want to say too that like even saying like i have ocd i feel like the um i feel like the label it, I don't think it's, like, that black and white because when you learn more about, like, the disorder, it's not, like, necessarily, like, you have this thing or you don't. It's kind of like a pattern of behavior that anyone can kind of experience sometimes. Sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think OCD is really misunderstood, so I wanted to kind of talk about it a little bit because I feel like people think of it as, like, you know, someone washing their hands a thousand times. It's kind of the cliche, but it's... Um, basically, OCD is obsessive-compulsive disorder, so you have an obsession that um occupies your mind and it causes like anxiety in you and then you uh do a compulsion which is a behavior to alleviate that anxiety somehow mm-hmm. so in in the case of like washing hands it's like you have this obsession that like oh I'm I'm dirty I'm contaminated mm-hmm. so you wash your hands to feel better but compulsions can also be mental mm-hmm. so that's kind of how I experience it is like rumination you mentioned mm-hmm. Katie and that's 100% my thing is rumination it's checking things. Um I can kind of give an example of how it's it it's affected my life in like all aspects of my life, but how it affects me with work, I can give an example of that again, I haven't even told you guys about this, but it's kind of like interesting, I think. Mm-hmm. But I remember um on a movie we did uh I think it was Strange World. We did shots of the week. Oh yeah. And we would highlight an animator basically every week who had like a really good shot. Um, And it was meant to like inspire the animators to do, you know, show like, oh, you did a good job. We want to, you know, highlight their success. But during these uh, shots of the week, I got a lot of anxiety Mm because I was like, one, like, okay, well, if I don't get picked, that means I'm not a good animator. Or two, I would just be like, well, I'm not as good as that person. So um, I... It it basically that was like kind of my obsession is like I'm just not as good as that person or I'm not a good animator in general so my compulsion would be to avoid looking at either that animators work or just any animators Mm -hmm. work I'd be like I don't want to look at other people's work because it makes me feel like I'm uh uh, not as it just like causes me to think about that obsession. So I'm going to just avoid avoidance is the the compulsion basically. Mm. So there was that, and then there was uh ruminating and checking my old work and making sure it looked like good. And like, I kind of reassured myself that no, I am good or no, I'm not just thinking about all that stuff. So is that making sense?
1: Oh yeah. That's, and I, I, I feel completely similarly. And I feel like I do a, a very similar
3: thing. So
0: it's yeah i'm actually first of all thank you for sharing (laughs) all of that um man i feel so similarly about and i felt guilty about not liking shot of the week but like at the end of the day like i know i'm supposed to like it and like yes i can force myself to like find you know i always have to repeat in my head even though i don't know if i'm I'm not proud of it, but like my favorite <laughs> mantra, just cause I have to use it all the time in my head is that other people's success do, does not equal your failure. Yeah. Um, 100%. but I really struggle with that to this day. Yeah. Um, which I, you know, is not the funnest thing to admit, <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, but, no, it's. Um, I appreciate you sharing that and totally get where you're coming from. Yeah.
2: yeah I feel like that's kind of where I think it is a little bit of a spectrum where like, um like OCD in, in particular and I know that's not how necessarily everyone sees it this is definitely like how just how I see it um but um I think anyone can exhibit patterns of behavior that are similar to like mm. OCD and have those compulsions but yeah that's kind of how um you know it's affected me at work and um I've learned so much about like how to deal with it and how um like yeah basically what to do but it's been a, a a struggle for sure and I feel like um uh I am very excited to talk about. I'm very very passionate about um talking about like mental health and stuff. That's why I, Katie's talk was so great at work. It was really really um awesome and I was just like, yeah, we got to I'm glad we all decided to do this for the episode. But I just talked a lot. I want to hear you guys <laughs> <the> talk.
0: <laughs> oh, that's great. Um yeah, I can share with gosh, more than well, I can bring up some specific examples, I guess, but I want to talk more about a a thought pattern that I find myself falling into a lot, which is I, I'll get into these mental lose-lose situations um, uh-huh. where... Uh-huh. And it's all part of this, like kind of, you know, the burnt t- it's I definitely feel it way worse when I've been working a ton of overtime and mm-hmm. not much stuff is going on outside of life and I'm not feeling good about myself. That's when it like really starts to creep up more and more. But I'll find myself in these situations where it's like, um, you know, if you feel like you're doing well, you can't trust it. Mm-hmm. And then if you feel like you're doing poorly, you feel a hundred percent like you deserve it and like you're being like exposed for what you know you've always been and um i guess another thing is this with the lose-lose this situation of like i know like we need to like be well i don't know i shouldn't speak in generalizations but I, i think generally it's good to be challenged at work i could say and you know and part of being challenged is that you will do some things wrong and you know other things right but I feel like I'm just kind of rambling here, but I have these these competing desires to like, on one hand, you want to be around people that are like much better than you, faster, whatever, because you can learn from them. But it's also extremely challenging, you know, and cause you to look like really think down on yourself or whatever. But then if you're in a situation where you feel like you're not being challenged as much or you feel like you're stacking up decently well compared to, you know, people around you for whatever reason, you feel like you're stagnating. And that's like Mm -hmm. terrible too. And so it's like you get into the zone where like you can never be happy. (laughs) And I've, Uh I have definitely felt that before. And I think I've said this, I've talked to Katie about it before where it's like, I need to it's really hard to find the sweet spot. <laughs> it's either like, you know, one way or the other, or even like as simple as like requesting shots. If you request like simple things and you get them and you're like, I'm not really like pushing it. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, of course they gave these to me because they would give more challenging ones to other people or whatever. And then on the flip side, if I like request challenging shots or whatever and get them they're like, Oh, this is just, you know, so-and-so would do this better or whatever. Or like, so I, I'll notice that I feel like when I'm particularly when I'm feeling drained and stuff at work, I find myself sinking into those patterns of thought Mm -hmm. more where I'm like, and even like as an outside observer to my own brain, I'm like, Ben, well, there's no scenario that's (laughs) good here. Like you can't, you know, um, really conditioning
2: yourself um, or we're conditioning ourselves to always be dissatisfied. Like there's never, we need to like practice to like be content sometimes yeah. I totally relate to what you're saying yeah. for sure yeah
1: definitely uh, they're looking at me now so I guess oh sorry I'm no <laughs> oh, it's no, okay. sorry. Are we um, <laughs> no it's fine yeah I I'll speak to like specific times in my life that i felt burnout which I uh, apologies. these guys heard me talk about it when I gave oh, the no, talk but I'll share it for the listeners so um and the the two times I I think I've been the most burnout were very much tied to like trying to make it in the industry and like being a part of the perpetual temp cycle and yep. um feeling a lot of insecurity so the first time which I've already talked about on the podcast a bit was when I interned at Leica um so that was when we were in grad school we had one year left of grad school but mm-hmm. I very much like wanted to do a good job and get an offer and get invited back. But um, there were three interns, and it was really clear that I was the weakest intern, and I super struggled while I was there. And um, and I kind of knew I was the weakest intern because the other two were getting shots and special tests to, to test certain uh, characters or rigs out. Um, and just every uh, review, like I got tons of critique and and the other interns were very strong. And it was kind of like a very stark contrast when we were being reviewed and mm-hmm. I had a really tough time. And then just kind of knowing that we were gonna be juggling student loan debt and um, and being freaked out about that industry in general, because it was very nomadic and a lot of the animators there had, like short term contracts. So I was kind of questioning like everything and feeling like I had no chance there. And and I just remember like <laughs> counting the minutes, like counting the hours, counting the days until the internship ended and just like really, really struggling. Um, and so after that, I like took a quarter off from school because I was so exhausted and kind of probably depressed and I probably should have seen a therapist then, but I was still in a state of my life where I was like, I don't need a therapist. And, um, so, so that was the first time. And then the second time was, uh, at Disney after Encanto. And I probably had been writing some previous burnout cause, um, we had on our slate just had a bunch of shows that <laughs> went like right up against each other with like zero downtime. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're a newer artist or newer animator, very often you are cast to things quickly because they like, they like know that new people want to prove themselves. So, mm-hmm. um, and some of the, well, this is where I need to be careful with my words because I don't want to say, um, They'll like take advantage of you. But it's just kind of known that like Mm. um, younger, newer folks like are good to cast to those projects Um, back to back. So I was cast to a lot of things and had very little downtime and um, a lot of the projects were very difficult. Um, So by the time I got to Encanto, um, I was already pretty exhausted. And then it became very clear at the studio that that was going to be a make it or break it project for getting extended at the studio or getting staffed.
2: So stressful. It was
1: extremely (laughs) stressful. If it came clear to probably like, I don't know, like two dozen of us or so that we were kind of, it was kind of like a big test for us. Mm -hmm. So you just felt like everything you did was being watched. Everything you did was being compared or analyzed, whether it was self-imposed or not. Um, And this was during the pandemic. So we were all very isolated. (laughs) And I feel like when I had all of the interactions over Zoom, I like hyper analyzed everything and it was super awkward just naturally because Zoom is awkward. (laughs) Um, So, and that show I'm, I'm trying to remember. It was like, it was a very difficult show where we all did tons of overtime. So, I think we like these
2: factors just, yeah,
1: just everything kind of, um, compounded. And I think we did, I don't know, was it like April to August we had like no weekends or something Something, anyway. yeah. So I was like really exhausted by the end of that show and very much stressed about like losing my job and, um, and like, garrett was saying like i feel like i had some unhealthy behaviors like i would like look up other animators casting on their shotguns and like see like oh why did they get that shot does that mean they're like better and they're like favored mm-hmm. and like i'm not proud of that at all <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> or i would like feel like relieved when somebody another temp got a bunch of notes and dailies and it's like a terrible thing to like feel that way um so i realized that like yeah those behaviors were ugly and then um just little things like i not even little i would get like snappy with like ben or like my sister Mm. um my my sister's like the biggest Disney Parks fan like in the world. She loves <laughs> going to Disney Parks. Um and I I took her to Disneyland like Labor Day weekend after Encanto ended and I remember just like saying like snarky things about how <laughs> like Disney was going to like let me go and stuff and yeah. I'm like not proud of that. So I could tell like I was kind of hitting my um my Wall, I guess, mm-hmm. and realized I needed to work with somebody. So I did start seeing a therapist, um, and she really helps me kind of recognize, yeah, my my patterns and my thought patterns and negative self talk patterns, and help me um, work on realizing like if you actually think through the worst case scenario of if you get laid off or if you don't get extended what happens like how how would you do like what would be the next steps Mm -hmm. um and realizing like okay maybe i'll be a little embarrassed but like nobody's actually died of embarrassment (laughs) so and you and like so many amazing people have been laid off and brought back and like just kind of start thinking through all of your safety nets and yeah. um so that was really helpful but i'm getting ahead of myself cuz i know we uh we're going to talk about um s- treatments and solutions and things later and things that help but anyway that was that was a long ramble thank you you.
2: (laughs) it's so really I feel like the common thing I feel like I'm hearing with all of us is the comparison to other artists is a very yes big yeah and I know we're gonna get into that a little bit yeah that's like yeah that's gotta be a big thing that everyone
0: does (laughs) that it is so tough and tricky because we we've kind of talked about this before here and there but to a certain degree, you have to be able to do that objectively, but there's a difference between doing it objectively and emotionally. Um, or, you know, like with anything, uh, moderation is the key, you know, you don't want too much of anything and comparison is absolutely one of those things. Um, like we've talked about before with, you know, just getting into the industry, you kind of have to be able to objectively assess your skills versus others, but it can just so easily go haywire. Yeah. <laughs> Big
1: time talking quickly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, totally. Just get in your
2: head and just like. Yes. Yeah. 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 No, it's, I feel like this is good that <laughs> everyone's talking about this stuff because I, I think, um, I think a lot of us experience this in the industry probably like solo. Um, so. Yeah, for sure. I think it's, I think it's good stuff.
1: Yeah. I'm like. Revisiting the definitions and like, I totally ruminate over dailies after I have it and I'm like, revisit everything that was said yeah, or, yeah. or if you have like a performance review at the end of the year, I definitely ruminate over that a lot. And then I also like worry a ton about <laughs> future reviews um, and presenting and, but I think, um, yeah, we'll get into, okay, how do you deal with it later? But um, yeah. yeah, absolutely feel these things
0: but first we wanted to and you guys remind me but part, part of the reason or we just want to talk through some maybe some of the most common things that might kind of send you down this slippery slope oh, of mm-hmm. of the burnout and depression and everything um so we're going to mention a number of things here um and then kind of laser focus in on a couple, but we just made a quick list of things that we see as being particularly ubiquitous um in the film animation industry. Um so what do you guys think we should do? Maybe I'll run through the list real quick and then we can hammer in on a couple more sure. specifically. Is yeah. that okay? So all right, I'm just gonna read through, say one, never taking vacation. These are in no particular order, by the way. <laughs> never taking vacations uh ghosting which is defined as like working without being paid it could be like working all-nighters or going in super late or or going in super early slash leaving super late for without being paid yeah
2: and i don't know if you you might have mentioned this um but these are all things that i i feel like are kind of normalized did you mention
0: that no i didn't use those exact words but i like where you're going go for it
2: just like I feel like these are all things that sort of seem like okay to do. Like, or there, there's there's s- certain people are, I don't know. Societally, I feel like they're normalized. Um, so I feel like they're important to mention because it's like you might think this is like okay, like pulling an all nighter. That's yeah, fine. It's like no dude that's not healthy to work <laughs> yeah. all night and not sleep so you know yeah. yeah you
1: might have like some uncle or somebody that's like you should be the first one in and the last one to leave or like yeah. that kind yeah. of like
0: it's like well maybe but also is, maybe not at all yeah, like, it's very yeah.
1: present in our culture <laughs>
0: yeah. yeah so yes dude, thank you for that um Yeah, just do the specificity there of that wording. Um, Yeah, these are things that we we see as being normalized and in some very toxic cases, uh, even celebrated, uh, which is not okay. Um, So, yeah, never taking vacations, ghosting, uh, not going outside or taking breaks because you're, quote, like focused, Um, not eating or taking basic, you know, bodily function breaks (laughs) because you're, quote, unquote, in the zone. Um, unhealthy comparisons to other artists and constantly ruminating after showing your shot in dailies. And I'll expand that to say like after any interaction really with like peers or higher (laughs) ups or whatever. So
3: totally. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's, that's all stuff. (laughs) Yeah. By, by no means an exhaustive list. Those are just like kind of the big things that came up immediately for us that we feel like we you know deal with on a daily basis or see on a daily basis so um yeah does anybody care to do a deep dive into one of those or anything
2: i feel like we talked about the comparisons to other artists thing and how
0: we all kind of like
2: um have done that Mm -hmm. and um yeah i don't know i don't know if you guys have any specific uh stories or something i i feel like all these are you know yeah. important
1: yeah. <laughs> especially. or we can keep chatting about comparisons a little more i think it's like i see it as or the type of comparison i do the most is to like a peer group so since i was in a internship group and i was in a trainee class like i very much found myself most often comparing myself to that group mm-hmm. um and then I don't know. I kind of, and I see it at all levels too. I even hear supervisors comparing themselves to other supervisors. And like, mm-hmm. I think we just all kind of naturally <laughs> like look around and, yeah. or maybe it's somebody that had the same number of years of experience as you or, um, you kind of latch on to, or I kind of latch on to comparing myself <laughs> to specific people. And it's mm-hmm. like not healthy at all. Oh, totally. Cause you don't know the whole picture. Like, you don't you don't truly know um, what level of experience somebody is you don't know if they're getting outside coaching or um, how much time they're putting in they could be ghosting like you have no idea it's um, also like
2: okay like this is something I've had to grapple with is it's okay to not be the best at something yes, And honestly yes. none of us are the best at it at something right mm-hmm. we all have someone who's better than us but what it's <laughs> it's like I am the best. <laughs> But it's it's like oak okay, it's fine. Like a a studio needs like multiple people. Like you don't have to everyone doesn't have to be like Glenn Keane. And even Glenn Keane would argue, you know, he's not I'm sure he'd be humble and be like, I'm not the best animator. And then Miyazaki would be like, I'm not not the you know, like yeah. just yeah. like it never ends and it's fine. It's totally fine. Yeah. And especially with art like where uh it's subjective and people have different strengths, it's almost silly to yeah. be like, am I better than this person?
1: Totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Completely like apples to oranges. Sometimes like some people are faster. Some people might have a better, I don't know, appeal, but they might be slower or whatever it is. And mm-hmm. yeah, it seems like Ben's about to say something.
0: Oh, really? Wow. Good <laughs> reading nonverbal cues. I thought I was had a good poker face on. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think Gosh, this is all really valuable or to what um, (laughs) it's conceded for me to say in our own podcast. God, this is good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, I think it's natural to um, talking about like, you know, how you tend to compare with peer groups. I think there's like this thing that happens in the brain where you're like, oh, this person is, you know, seems beyond or better than me at X, Y, Z. So I think your brain automatically starts to look for reasons or excuses Mm -hmm. for like, Oh, well, they're four years older than me. Oh, they have two more years experience or like, Oh, X, Y, Z. And sometimes like to Garrett's point, it's just like, well, that person's really good. (laughs) And like, I'll keep trying to get good. And, and, you know, people's progress is all over the place. It's not a linear you know, things. So maybe someday you'll be better at that. Maybe someday you won't. And that's not the end of the world. You know, I think it's generally good to try to keep progressing and getting better. But what that means can be totally variable on anything. I mean, maybe getting better is you don't want to get better necessarily at your job. It's something outside of that or whatever. Like, and that's all valid too. And, um, so yeah, it, it it's a really tough pill to swallow that <laughs> you don't always have to be like the best at whatever um but I think it's a good one. And ironically, I think if you get over that and are more you're more chill about it then and like willing to like mm. chat with people you admire whatever, I feel like there's this inverse thing that happens where like honestly if you feel more comfortable and there's less pressure, you can end up doing better work anyway. So yeah um yeah it's tricky
2: it's i feel like when i was hearing you talk it reminds we're going to talk about this a little later but it's tricky when you think your identity is your ability like you're like Um, me being a good animator is like my value as a human being and i don't know i feel like we sometimes fall into that trap of thinking that totally um and it's it's just yeah that's a very unhealthy way to look at life but yeah
0: yeah It's especially tough because we're sorry. Oh, no, no. Go ahead. I was just going to say it's really tough because there are ways in like when you are specifically an animator and you're like in dailies where are showing your shot in front of 100 people and whatever. There are objective days where you're like, I did the worst today. (laughs) Like (laughs) That person got their shot approved. This person, they loved it. Just had two notes. My shot got totally like blown up and what I did was totally wrong. (laughs) So it's really tough when that's your whole identity to be like, well, my identity today is I am the worst, (laughs) you know, like, uh, so yeah, it's really tough.
1: I I'll speak to that. Since a lot of our listeners are students too, and like trying to get their first gig, I think that's extra hard when you get your dream internship or something and you go from being like the best at your school yeah. to then you're the worst at the studio. And <laughs> it's just sure. like a, um, a mind fuck for, <laughs> for lack of better Whoa.
3: words. I don't know. Are going <laughs> to get like the
1: get that?
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right.
1: But, um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's definitely like a, a trip for your ego to kind of go through that. And then, um, oh, I think what we're getting at is the way you start to deal with that is, yeah, like reminding yourself that, you know, everybody has different strengths and weaknesses. You bring your own unique perspective that nobody else can bring to that shot. And the life of a shot is long and complicated. And so you just kind of have to keep reminding yourself of those things. But it can be, uh, I think, especially hard when you're just starting out.
0: Yeah.
2: You know that real estate concept that's like, don't have the best house on the block. Have, oh. like <laughs> Medium or worst house. I don't, I've actually forgot how it is.
0: Oh, it's it's have like the worst house in the best area. Yeah, have the, the worst about? house in oh, the okay. best
2: area. Kind of applies to artists too because it's yeah. like, it's actually not good if you're like the best, mm-hmm. well, mm-hmm. I shouldn't say good or bad, but <laughs> yeah. potentially it could be not great if you're like the best uh, artist in the studio because then you don't have much to learn from right so in some ways it's good to remind ourselves too that like okay there's people better than me totally too like that's great i can learn from them i can chat with them so that's something i try to remind myself too
0: yeah yeah also to to your previous point um where you talked about how subjective everything is that we do i think it's yeah things aren't concrete too you can have like the you know the a plus uh, rock star animator. And then it just on a certain project with a certain director, for whatever reason, they just don't gel and it doesn't work out and vice versa. You can have someone who's more, you know, middle of the pack or, or lower and they just have the right thing. And I'm specifically thinking of, I wish I had looked this up. (laughs) I believe the supervisor for Timon on Lion King was, I forget his name. Maybe we can add it to the show notes or something. But I heard this story in the past that, I mean, definitely an incredible animator, but I don't think the person was like an Andreas Deja who like consistently was always like a supervisor or Glenn Keane or whatever. But who doesn't love Timon? Timon is like one of the iconic Disney characters. (laughs) I think it was just like right place at the right time. Everything gelled. That project just spoke to them. That character spoke to them. Um. So yeah, even if you are in a situation where you feel like, oh man, I'm really not one of the heavy hitters or whatever, not saying that this animator wasn't, but I'm just saying you never know when the next thing around the corner, just something might gel, you know, so just, you know, keep at it and don't, don't beat yourself up because yeah, circumstances are a large, um, large ingredient in the equation, I would say, or a large factor in the equation.
2: I love that. Yeah. We like simplify things so much and you know, you learn that in therapy too, with like cognitive distortions and stuff. We like to like label things and kind of like, uh, this is good. This animator is just objectively good, better. And it's just, yeah, like you said, not how it actually works in reality.
0: For sure. Um,
2: yeah. Well, should we talk about some, uh, practical things you can, uh, do to improve your mental health? Unless we wanted to keep going on some other, other stuff. In the normalization pause, pause of unholy practices.
0: For thinking, we'll see.
1: I think we're, I think we're ready. Yeah, we we're are. good. So,
0: <laughs> little, yeah, it's fine. It's perfect. Cool. We'll move on to the yeah, the proactive side of this this podcast. Yeah, how do you deal with all these issues? Ben? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we'll we'll start with the big one that we've mentioned already a couple times: is therapy, and we will yeah. try to. Yeah. Again, with normalizing burnout and stuff, I think it's great to also normalize therapy. I have not openly said it yet on this podcast, but I have also been slash am in therapy as well. So yeah. Nice. Um, yeah. So it's, it's not just these two people next to me. <laughs> it's me too. I, I have uh,
2: something to say about that too. I, I want to like talk a little bit about just how difficult it is to even just get a therapist. Like Mm -hmm. I was thinking about this the other day and I'm like, I'm we're living in Los Angeles, big city. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We have insurance for therapists, right? Like, but at least from my experience, I don't know about you guys, but, um, just finding a therapist in your insurance is difficult. Like, because even if you, you Mm -hmm. know, there's like psychology today, which is a resource where you can, Mm -hmm. you know, find therapists and, filter it by insurance but even that process is difficult because sometimes those therapists it says they take your insurance but then you call them and they don't right and even like therapy is such an intimate process that like if you just go to your insurance website and like look at the therapy therapists on your directory they don't have any information sometimes it's just like a name yeah. so i just want to like talk a little bit about like first of all yeah therapy is important but i i'm a little frustrated that it's very difficult to find um therapists if even if you have insurance and even if you're in like one of the biggest cities in the yeah. country it's like and they might yeah.
1: not be taking patients they might not be taking
2: yeah. patients you don't yeah. know anything about them um yeah so i just want to bring that up i mean I, I, that's not to say really? don't don't do it i'm just like a little frustrated by it. oh the totally mirror. yeah yeah and that's yeah. even if you have everything working for you. So it's like, I can't yeah. imagine if you don't have insurance and you're living in a place where it's like a smaller city, you have like one option, maybe um, yeah. I'm a, yeah. I feel for you. That's, that sucks. Because
4: yeah.
3: Yeah. sometimes totally.
2: you hear that advice of like, oh, just like get a therapist. And it's yeah. like, it's
3: hard to get a therapist. Yeah, sometimes it's,
2: it's, it's you true. have
1: to try out a few and find the right fit and Yeah, Um, yeah. I mean, I guess I I could speak to like finding a therapist and what my therapy was like, because many people don't even really know how it works. So I I actually found a therapist through a fellow animator. We have like a women's channel, a Slack channel at Disney. So I remember just like reaching out on that channel and saying like, hey, does anybody have a good therapist? Um, And luckily, the one I got referred to, I liked right away. Um, and that was great. Cause I like kind of knew she already was familiar with the animation and entertainment uh-huh. industry. So I felt like I didn't have to do so much explaining about my job. Um, and she was already very familiar. With, I, I think animators are very similar. <laughs> so I think she was pretty familiar with what I was coming in with. Um, I did pay out of pocket actually, um, which made it easier. And I, it was not cheap. I think it was 150 a session and I'm very privileged mm-hmm. that we just like did that. Cause I think mm-hmm. I I was in like a very low point. So I was just like, I need to talk to somebody and um, and yeah. they were coming cool. highly recommended. So I just went with it. Um, and for me, it started out- Sorry, at-
0: terrible timing. I'm taking off my hoodie. <laughs> you might hear
2: wrestling. <laughs>
0: take it off
1: i know this is the striptease portion um surprise hot and heavy but uh
3: back back,
1: back to therapy um but yeah so um just in case people are curious i started off weekly um and i liked the therapist right away because she was like I, it's not my intention to keep you as a patient forever. Like I want to help you create, like find the tools so that you can handle stuff in the future and maybe not need me and you know, maybe life will change and you'll come back to me. But like my intention is to help you become like self-sufficient and stronger, um, which I awesome. really liked. Cause I was sort of like skeptical going in and I was mm-hmm. like, I didn't know much about therapy. Um, so yeah, I started weekly with like one hour sessions. Um, eventually after a few months went to bi-weekly and then monthly and then phased out, I think after like nine months or so, I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember. Um, but yeah, so that was my experience. And mm-hmm. I think you found your therapist through an animator friend, right? And yeah. this, the, he or she is in network or?
0: Yeah, my yeah. therapist is in network. Um, so yeah, it's much more affordable. It's like, uh, well, not <laughs> the years was not affordable, no, it's but fine. yeah, it's, it's, very no, it's a good, yeah. it's good thing to bring up is that yeah. the the price is incredibly variable on whether you have insurance or not, or whether in network or out of network, um, in Katie's case it was you know, absolutely worth the investment just to go with this person that was highly recommended. And, you know, you always say like, don't, A couple places not to skimp on money is your health and, you know, and your mental health is absolutely paramount, um, should be, you know, emphasized just as much as physical health, uh, if not more, frankly. Um, so yeah, uh, yeah. My therapist is in network and, um, gosh, there was something I wanted to say. I'm trying to remember now. Oh, just with Garrett, I'm glad you brought up that initial point because I think a lot of people it is still kind of taboo to like talk about it slash, you know, admit in quotation marks, even though I don't like using that verb for it, that, um, you're interested in therapy. Um, and I think a lot of people's first experience is that they Google it and then see that it's a little more complicated than they thought. Yeah. And then they wait another three years. <laughs> <'Cause> they want <laughs> to like... find the perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Or they're just like, eh, not. Worth... I'm not that bad, yeah. you know, yeah. so it's not yeah. worth yeah. Uh, it's not worth the the effort, but um, it is totally worth the effort. You know, I feel like it's the same as like, you know, even if you're not, you know, horribly out of shape, it's still worth it to exercise. Mm-hmm. Uh same thing. If you're not like on the edge, it's fine. It's still worth it to talk to a therapist. <laughs> I, I feel like it is very much just like, you know, treat it like physical health with where mm-hmm. be uh preventive or just, you know, go into good uh good you know, try to normalize like good mental habits and stuff, even mm-hmm. if you feel like you're generally okay. And I will say one of the first questions from a therapist or at least in my experience. So you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the first things they do is say like, okay, what can I do for you? Or like, what brings you to therapy? Mm -hmm. And for me, that's a very intimidating question because I'm like, oh, uh, like, I don't know exactly what I need or whatever. So, um, if you're finding yourself intimidated by that or not knowing exactly what you would say to a therapist, I think what I like doing is just being like, well, here's what's on my mind and it's occupying a lot of my time in mind that I'm like thinking about this or struggling with this and I would like to be able to like handle it better or mm-hmm. or whatever, whatever spin on that is specific to you. Um, there's no wrong answer to that question for like, what can I do to you? I don't know. I feel this disproportionate pressure. I feel like to be like, well, I'm showing signs of this with a little bit of this, and then, you know, <laughs> like exactly. to be able to like diagnose yourself as a therapist, even though we're not therapists. So I, yeah.
2: I feel like I totally agree with that. And I think what Katie said earlier about like trying out different therapists is so important too. And, but even though it's a pain in the ass, cause you have to like <laughs> set up yeah. an appointment with like a bunch of different people. Yeah. Um, The one thing I wanted to add on to what you guys were saying from like an OCD perspective and something I didn't know was that there are so many different types of therapists too. There's like talk therapy. Uh, There's, there are like what I learned kind of not the hard way, but sort of is that, Talk therapy or like CBT, like cognitive oh, yeah. cognitive behavioral therapy is not actually great for someone with OCD because mm. OCD, the problem is you're overthinking. You're like mm. you're you're doing too much of the like ruminating. So that can like if you go to a CBT therapist and try to like kind of like learn how your thoughts might be wrong, it's almost like adding fuel to the fire. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. So that that's another thing I just wanted to throw out in terms of like difficulty with therapy is like sometimes finding the right type of therapist. Um, mm-hmm. And you don't know if when you're just like stressed out, you don't know what, um, what type of therapy you're in. So I guess I wanted just to add that and just say, it's can be a messy process. It can be a not satisfying process too. When you like go and you're like, I don't feel better, but <laughs> uh, it's like, yeah. you know, it's like, a, <laughs> it's work to just that you have yeah. to continue to do. And it's so important. I agree with what Ben said totally about the like mental health and physical health being, like yeah. you should treat it very important
1: it takes time it's a practice like i remember feeling like okay like just teach me all the things like let's go like <laughs> and i could tell like my therapist wanted me to Focus on one thing every session, and I would be like, (laughs) "Okay, let's go over this and this," and like, like, "Fix me." (laughs) 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 But like, actually, for me, I think it was CBT and like actually talking through everything and verbalizing things out loud was the most important part to start realizing kind of like how mean I am to myself and like um, just things like that. Um, So it had to be kind of drawn out week by week. And she did give me various homework assignments um, and kind of to think through and work through. And um, so it it really did take time, even though I impatiently wanted to (laughs) be fixed right away. But um, yeah. And I think it's kind of like the scientific basis for that would be it takes time to rewire a lifetime of wiring (laughs) in your brain. Uh, So you can't just like flip a switch sometimes. Um, We will, I don't think we'll get into the topic of medication here because we're like not really authorities (laughs) on it. But (laughs) um, because that totally, I'm totally open-minded towards medication. Mm -hmm. I didn't end up needing it, but you know, that could be something that you need to add to your roster too. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah. Okay, so we just took a little break. So if there's like a sudden change in
2: tone, <laughs>
1: that's why. There might be. And we maybe refilled our drinks and like <laughs> got really giggly about random things. But anyway.
2: <laughs> this is the fun
0: part of yeah. it.
3: But yeah.
0: What well, we're talking about. No, I just, very yeah, serious yeah, yeah, topic. Yeah.
1: And, I, and I did True. think of something I wanted to add to the therapy point. Um, before we kind of move on to other uh, solutions and treatments. But um, so I was thinking it be, might be helpful to talk about a few like of the biggest takeaways that we learned in therapy like so far. Um, and for me, one of the biggest things was to kind of uh, revisit my relationship with control Mm -hmm. And kind of learn that a lot of my anxiety comes from trying to control outcomes and, um, predict outcomes. And, and therapy taught me to kind of release that and let go of that and recognize that, like, I really can't predict the future and nobody has a crystal ball. Um, so a lot of like, having anxious thoughts about the future and, and trying to picture every possible outcome and, um, or like work super hard and tons of hours is me, like trying to force the future to do something. Um, and yeah, just realizing like, okay, I really, I really don't have that. There's that, like, I don't know where it comes from. There's that motto or maxim. That's like, give me the strength to, what is it? Um,
0: it's like a prayer, right? Yeah. It's, I mean, oh, the it's serenity like, prayer, I think. Grant me the serenity to, I'm going to totally misquote it, uh, it's but it's like, something about accepting the things I cannot change, the like courage or strength to change the things I can in the wisdom to know the difference.
1: Yeah, exactly. That's
0: not 100% it, but it's in that zone. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that I think was like a huge lesson of therapy is mm-hmm. like recognizing when I don't have control over something. and Sure. Um, and I uh, have like a anecdote about this is I, um, in the spring after Encanto, so I guess this is 2022? No, I'm trying to remember the year. Whenever we're working on Strange World, mm-hmm. I was in a pitch program at Disney. So I was like, um, pitching an idea for a series and- mm-hmm. Um, I was a finalist and it was really exciting. Um, and I was working with like development and had really exciting mentors and like directors and that kind of thing. And I had, of course, like at the same time was building up tons of anxiety and like tons of achievement pressure, stress. And of course, like wanted it to all work out, Mm -hmm. but my therapists like right away recognized like. Um, you know, like you can work really hard on this and you can like increase the probability, but you should recognize that, um, you don't actually like have control over the outcome because then if you Mm. think you can control the outcome, if it doesn't work the way, work out the way you want, you're going to take it really hard. Mm. Um, and there could be a million reasons why it doesn't work out. Like maybe the company already has a similar pitch or someone else's idea is just better or maybe the funding drops or whatever it is. Like there's so many things that could be out of your individual control that you need to be prepared <laughs> if it doesn't work out. And in my case, it didn't work out. Like I, they didn't pick me as a finalist. Um, and of course, I still took it hard, but I... But therapy helped me take it less hard because I did kind of recognize, you know, like that's part of the business is tons of people pitch things and they don't you can't say yes to every pitch. And, um, yeah, so that's one specific example of how therapy really helped.
2: That's
0: awesome. That's great.
2: I feel like um, along the lines of like how therapy has helped us, I think for me. Uh, with therapy was learning about cognitive distortions and mm-hmm. things like, basically it's like thought assumptions we make we in our heads. And some of those are like, um, I think I wrote some down here. It's like, um, oh crap, where did I put them? Like mind reading, like oh, making yeah. assumptions about, you know, what other people are thinking about you mm-hmm. or um, catastrophizing, thinking like, yeah. This one little thing means so much more than it actually means. So I guess um, I would encourage anyone to just like look up on Google, like (laughs) like cognitive distortions and kind of um, there's some books that we mentioned later that uh, also talk about this stuff. But that was really insightful for me because I'm like literally every single thing in here is like something I do. And I, I feel like a lot of us do. So yeah. Oh my gosh!
1: Wait, I want to talk about mind reading for a second because I, uh, yeah, I am definitely prone to that. But I think with practice, you start to recognize when you're doing it and Mm. how you're probably wrong. (laughs) Because, especially for us, like I feel like we read the faces of our team or the director or whoever while they're reacting to our work, Um, and maybe sometimes. (laughs) Like they have a flat face or they're frowning or they look confused or or maybe they're not even like watching the shot or especially like mm. when we were on Zoom. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, people had all kinds of faces and you're like, oh, the, y- your inclination is to think, oh my God, they hate it. Like they don't like it, blah, blah, blah. But like a million things could be happening. They could be thinking about the last meeting they were in. They could be thinking about picking their kid up from school and like how are they gonna leave the office or what time i don't know you have like a different
2: department like oh like they're looking at your shop but they're not really looking at your animation i've seen that a bunch where oh they end up like staring for a while and you're like they don't like it but they they give you a note that's not for you it's like oh the art here is wrong or something or the layout is is weird and you're like oh that's not me so Yeah.
3: Totally. I I
0: totally agree.
1: Basically, like, you have no idea what people are thinking ever. (laughs)
2: Yeah, don't make (laughs) assumptions. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I have kind of a back to, I liked something you said before um, where you said, like, with the pitch program, like, it still hurt and you're still disappointed, but it wasn't, like, devastating, like, all-encompassing after therapy. And I think that's a really good nuance where, like... Mm being balanced and having I guess quote unquote thick skin to me mm-hmm. doesn't mean you don't feel anything. Yeah. <laughs> it just means it doesn't destroy you because like on the on one hand I could I would say, oh, it's actually quite a positive that you were really disappointed because it's a sign that you really cared about what you were doing and mm-hmm. and that's really valuable for your job and you were really into it and passionate about it and it didn't work out which happens but it's a sign that you were for the past you know whatever six months to a year you were involved with this thing you were really passionate about didn't quite go the right way you can recover from that but overall you can frame that as like a positive where like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. oh great you're really like feeling things you're really invested in your job uh versus uh Now, of course you, you need to be able to, you know, put brakes on that when necessary, but versus I think on the other extreme, you can make a case for like, we're, we're not saying you should go through life in this like malaise of like, not feeling anything like inherently when you're passionate about something, you'll be really disappointed when it goes a different way. But Mm -hmm. just if you can take a step back and be like, okay, why am I feeling this? And, um, not let it become all-encompassing. Yeah. Um, and again, being being grateful that you're involved with something that is really speaking to you for whatever reason. Sometimes, I, for myself, sometimes that that's what I tell myself when I'm like, oh, God, I'm really upset that idea wasn't picked by the director. But mm. um, ultimately, it's it's nice. I feel privileged that I'm in a job where I'm presenting ideas, you know, that I feel passionately about. And, you know, some will go over and some won't. But... Maybe this just means a different one will be good. So yeah, I don't know. It's a it's just okay. a little nuance that I think yeah. is yeah. It's like reframing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. totally, yeah. totally a Yeah,
1: I feel like it's like the like the triggers don't go away and your like gut reactions yeah. don't stop, but you just kind of feel better equipped to react and handle them and yeah. um, not fall into patterns of rumination and obsession. Yeah, um, totally, and move on a little bit faster than you used to, uh or at least in my case, but yeah, yeah, i I love that It's like you did, you shouldn't panic like if you do have a negative reaction to something, but yeah, um, yeah, just kind of look at okay how how quickly do you move on, or how much does it impact you later, and yeah,
0: yeah, which that's yeah, again, sorry, I know we're kind of belaboring therapy and stuff for <laughs> a while we can move on after this, but. Um, I think a huge part of it that's helpful for me is just normalizing things, mm-hmm. like Katie said, like when you're feel a certain way, not being like sometimes there's this compounding effect where maybe Garrett, this even relates to your talk therapy where it's like, oh, I'm feeling a certain way, and now I'm gonna hyperanalyze how I'm feeling about that way and now blah ah. blah blah, and it like increases exponentially, <laughs> oh yeah, whereas i I kind of like you know taking everything and being like, okay probably whatever you're feeling is some sort of normal you know it's just 100%. it's a little out of whack with like you're letting it you're feeling it a little too much or or it's affecting your behavior in a certain way that you need to kind of like put the brakes on or you know corral um but most like 99 percent of the feelings we feel and not all of them are totally normal acceptable like uh Understandable feelings. And it's just kind of like that you just need to kind of tweak the dials on the dosages and like what exactly yeah. they make you like say to yourself or do or whatever. um So for me, that's been super helpful just to, yeah.
2: I feel like I never agreed harder with something. Like I, I totally agree. And I actually think with like OCD and learning about the disorder and stuff, so much. So many problems come from trying to control, like Mm -hmm. Katie was talking about, control your feelings and emotions and normalizing it being like, oh, it's okay to feel this certain way. Um, uh, That's that's like a huge part of like sort of recovery being like, it's normal to feel these things. When you start to judge, oh, I'm feeling this way. That means X and Y and Z. Like that's when you start getting into trouble and then you start, I mean, at least for me, like- yeah, like, because I'm feeling this way, that means I am actually this, or or whatever, like, making all those kind of associations. Totally. Um, yeah, the, one of my favorite, like, mental health books is You Are Not a Rock, which is, like, kind of a weird <laughs> title, <laughs> oh, no. but it's talking about how, like, we're humans with a lot of complex uh, feelings and brains. We're not rocks that don't feel. Mm-hmm. Like, we have uh-huh. feelings. That's, like, the whole point of the title. Um, so, I yes okay. i feel that Ben. <laughs> <laughs> i'll have to check that out you're not a rock yeah yeah cool so we should have a maybe in our show notes we'll have like a list of st- yeah because st- yeah, yeah, i know you totally. have a great Ooh, list that's
0: yeah. a great idea yeah. yeah yeah
1: definitely we can share some yeah, um yeah. to round out the therapy point the last thing i'll say is just i think it was really good for our relationship ben and me just because before it was like me or either of us like dumping on the other person, yeah. Um, and I think it's just really a really hard thing when you're <laughs> you're not like professionally trained with, to help somebody <laughs> who's burnout totally. or sure. depressed, so or very anxious. Um, and I think it helped our relationship just mm-hmm. yeah to lighten that burden and um yeah
0: totally.
2: That was like my, one of my therapists said like, um, I would be like, oh yeah, Isabel's my, my therapist. And he was (laughs) like, dude, no, that's not a good way to like, like, that's not a healthy way to like interact with your partner. So yeah, yeah, totally,
0: totally.
1: Definitely. Yeah.
0: Yeah. In a weird way. Sorry. I keep talking about it. I just keep extending it, but in a weird way, it's almost. I've kind of tweaked it in my brain to be this kind of fun thing where a therapist is (laughs) like, pay attention to like what triggers a response and then kind of study that response where it's like, Whoa, I feel like really jealous of this person right now, or I feel (laughs) really insecure about this. And then take a step back and be like, Hey, why am I feeling that way? Because like, I'm not super jealous of, I don't know, this other person who's doing really well or whatever. So like to, to Mm -hmm. kind of like, Approach it almost scientifically, I guess, is Mm -hmm. kind of, has been kind of reassuring to me and being like, okay, well, you probably don't really just want to be that person. (laughs) You know, it's just some aspect of the situation is causing you to feel jealous or envious or whatever, Um, you know, study that. And I don't know, for me, that's been a help to kind of, yeah, yeah, take a step back.
2: You're like approaching
0: it with like curiosity and just being like, what? Yes. Yeah, totally. Instead of judgment, like you said. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Yeah, like as you go through the week, you notice some things that you feel, and you kind of like keep a mental list to then talk about with your therapist. Yeah. Like, oh, could you help me with this thing that happened? And yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 Totally. Nice. So overall, therapy, good. (laughs) We (laughs) love therapy.
2: We are very pro therapy. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Therapy on the fence at the end. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Yeah, It's a little controversial. Oh man, there's there's a lot of stuff here. Well so was that the first one we, we talked about?
3: Yeah.
0: Yes. So that was a big that was a big one. So That's maybe one. maybe we can speed through the others a little more. Or what however you guys feel, but we'll say. The next one is I,
1: exercise. I, oh, we skipped the top. One. Oh.
0: We did skip it. Oh, oh it, okay. It's
1: something I worked on with my therapist.
0: So. Okay. Never mind. <laughs> I think it's important. Like, right. <laughs> Honestly, all these. To be are, forget yeah, about yeah,
1: exercise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you don't need to exercise. That's tertiary. <laughs> so,
1: something I worked on a lot with my therapist was developing a sense of self worth that was separate from my job and, like, separate from my identity as, like, a quote unquote Disney <laughs> animator. Um, and, yeah, I, I think it's basically like, or, yeah, it is what it's defined as. My <laughs> I'm having trouble transitioning out of. <laughs> but,
3: <laughs> but, yeah, whether it's, so you
1: know, you're, well, one, every human being has worth, regardless of your achievements, regardless of, um, I don't know, your role in society. Like, every human being is worthy of love and respect. And, like, you don't have to... Uh, get straight A's, accomplish anything, have a fancy job, have a fancy life, whatever. Like everyone's Mm -hmm. worthy of love and respect. So that's a baseline, but just in general, like I find it so helpful to have something on the outside of work to look forward to, to feel good about, to kind of explore just for myself. So I, um, actually I brought the pitch program after I got rejected or like my idea got rejected from the pitch program I kind of re or redirected that energy into running um and I like was like well you know it's always been on my bucket list to run a marathon I'm gonna do something that's like just for me that Mm -hmm. you know has nothing to do with my job and I just like really want this thing to kind of chip away at. And I, <laughs> I like hesitate to mention that cause it is also like a very achievement based thing. Oh, but, sure, sure. Um, but for me it became like a, just like a meditative practice almost. And it felt really good to exercise my oh, hey. body. We were gonna get into exercise a little <laughs> bit. It felt like the antidote to like animating for uh, nine to 12 hours a day <laughs> for me yeah. on a screen and like getting outside so um so that was like a a new sense of like self-worth for me um
0: it's kind of it yeah. certainly kind of results-based sure with saying like you want to run a marathon but i would i would venture to say you very legitimately enjoyed the process yeah, right like yeah. in a different way so it wasn't like Okay, I'm gonna do this thing just to cross off run a marathon. If yeah. that doesn't happen, I'm effed. Like
1: <laughs> it was very much like a like for me actually it was like so emotional to like tip away at that goal and like first I, you know, like did like a ten K and then a half and then a mm-hmm. full and for me it was sort of this like proving to myself that I can do new things or learn new things yeah. kind of thing. Um, totally. And like my, like I haven't peaked kind of thing. Sure. <laughs> it's hard sure. to explain, but I don't know. When you're like a mid thirties lady, maybe you'll understand, but it's
0: like a. <laughs> Can't wait until I'm mid
1: thirties. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It's just sort of, yeah. Yeah.
0: No, I totally <laughs> like Life get it.
1: isn't over. Yeah. You can still do new things. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I think that's great. <laughs> I think like, you know, and I, when I look at that point that we have sense of self-worth separate from job and like, well, how, yeah, how does one achieve that? And I feel like it is time spent doing other things yes. outside yeah. of yeah. job. Yeah. So for you, it's like, yeah, practicing running the marathon and or just doing some sort of hobby or doing whatever. Yeah. Like if you spend 100% of your time on your job, you are going to be devastated if something bad happens yeah. at your job that's outside of your control you're not going to have anything to fall back on you're not going to have a community to mm-hmm. um support you or like whatever or if you like your relationships have fallen off the wayside because you're focusing on work. so yeah i i think i think even guillermo mentioned that didn't we yeah, you, in the yeah. reels, yeah. reels episode great. it's yeah. like i always think about that like yeah yeah our identity kind of not being tied to our work whatever ways you can achieve that is it's so important i Totally. Yeah. That's so important.
1: Yeah. Um, when I started that running goal, I joined like a, a running training group. And it was so nice to like show up to practice. And everyone there, like they never asked about my job, you know. Or like maybe we talked about like a was, little they
0: bit. They were really selfish.
1: No, no. But it <laughs> oh. wasn't. <laughs> it was or it was like oh what do you do not like how is dailies you know yeah, so sure. it, like i just knew it was this kind of safe space to like be a different person
3: yeah super refreshing um, yeah,
1: yeah just like you have this alter ego and they know me as like running group katie and yeah. um rgk And it's just a different community
4: RGK. RGK.
2: (laughs) is the king of acronyms.
1: But I mean, there's also, yeah, like you don't have to run a marathon, but you can take joy in just like being a good friend, being a good wife or spouse, or being a good cat or dog mom. Yeah, Yeah, exactly.
2: Video game player. There's so many things. Whatever (laughs) it is. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just like having something else. To, yeah, as you said, fall back on because, you know, sometimes life is hard and maybe there's a layoff or maybe yeah. work gets really tough or, um, yeah.
0: Yeah, I would say this, is like, almost like the therapy thing. I, I would say, like, even if you feel like you don't need this right now, just invest in it you know it's it's literally like investing money where it's like even if the stock is doing really well right now (laughs) just hedge your bets invest in a couple diversify (laughs) Diversify. yeah (laughs) (laughs) say even if you feel like your job is giving you everything right now just branch out a little bit because just in case because there might be some rainy days you'll be happy when you're you you get to be running group katie as opposed to animator katie for a day or you know like
1: yeah i feel like we're like like definitely directing this is like, at like younger people because when you're in school you're like like 110 percent into totally. animation and it's yeah. like your mm-hmm. life and identity yeah. um and but, I get it too because you yeah.
2: probably feel pressured to be that way because you're like yeah. well I
0: have to get really good so I can get hired in these yeah. limited jobs and up until that point I mean that kind of is your defining Character like I took a lot of pride in like oh I'm different I'm kind of into like the art oh, yeah, stuff yeah. animator stuff so you know definitely don't you feel free to <laughs> bathe in that I guess of being a, <laughs> yeah but don't uh, pigeonhole yourself into only that like you know Katie and Garrett said that's yeah, yeah a lot more out there
1: yeah that could be hard to reconcile with like when you're applying to jobs or internships then maybe they don't work out right away or yeah um. Yeah, I know. It's like so problematic. Like in our culture, we always say like, oh, what do you want to be when you grow up? Which is your, and it's directed at as like, Uh, what job do you want when you grow up? And that's like, that can't be your whole identity. It's, you know, it's just setting you up for um, trouble later. (laughs) Yeah,
0: totally. Yeah.
2: And with with that... (laughs) <laughs> I Perfect segue to exercise. So I'm just gonna say, yeah, we all of us were animators, right? We <sighs> right sit <Yeah>. down <laughs> and animate for eight plus hours a day. And yeah. one thing I am very passionate about is, and probably, I, I just feel like we need to take care of our bodies and the studios yeah. will never help us do that. Cause like they're not responsible for that. So yeah. we need to take it upon yeah. ourselves to exercise, not only because our physical health is very important. And, um, but also cause I personally think that physical health is very tied to mental health. So yeah. Yeah. as I'm sure you guys have experienced too, but like if you're sitting all day, eight plus hours on the computer and you're not moving, you feel like shit. If you haven't like, yeah. Moved your body or sweat or you know so, I think um, we we put down exercise because it's so it's just like so crucial for oh, I specifically totally our agree. industry yeah
1: yeah there's so many benefits like I genuinely feel like I problem solve better sometimes when I'm moving um, I don't know what it is but sometimes if I get up and go for a walk or go for a run I just think of something um, to help with something I'm struggling with or a problem. Um, Actually, scientifically, I was just listening oh. to something about sleep, Ooh. like a Listeners, Katie, podcast. just kind
0: of jauntily, but oh, yeah. back and forth. I'm
1: like, <laughs> I'm doing like little cocky moves, like, uh, <laughs> like listening to science. But <laughs> there's something about, um, I'm going to butcher this after I just cockily brought it up. But if you, like, as you expend energy throughout the day, which is ATP... Mm-hmm. Um oh god oh sh- it shit it will turn into adenosine triphosphate adp which oh. is something that we need to build up to sleep better oh. so i think sometimes that's why crunch is hard cuz you uh, like yeah. don't expend mm-hmm. that energy and you're like not working out or whatever and you're like just working all day sitting
4: mm-hmm. and
1: then i think yeah, i actually can make it harder to sleep and get proper rest and that's like mm-hmm. a vicious cycle wow can help contribute to burnout yeah um so it actually yeah. benefits you to be physically active because you'll sleep better and um yeah oh god there's so many benefits but yeah yeah i find it like just so meditative and i'm just a yeah. i think i'm a better and more pleasant person when i exercise <laughs> yeah.
0: and there's a lot of um I'll bring up kind of, I mean, I'm sitting in a room with a marathon runner and a CrossFitter. Oh so God, we're going to go there. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> OMG. Hunks ben works left out a lot, right. too. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, look at ben. But right. um, <laughs> I will say there's a lot of working out doesn't mean the. Doesn't have to mean the usual, like, oh, I'm going to go to the gym with a weight belt around my waist. Oh, yeah. It It can be like so, the benefits of just like
3: walking, physical
0: activity of any kind. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's, yeah, gardening or, Cleaning out your bird's cage or whatever. I love that example.
1: That's a big bird's go. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Yeah. If you're keeping blue macaws. Um, (laughs) Yeah, just something. They say like 45 minutes to an hour a day of like moderate activity frankly doesn't have to be like quote unquote working out yeah try to get that in it really 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 is helpful i love that you mentioned that
2: because i feel like i was someone for a long time that was like okay i'm gonna go to like a big box gym and you know like lift weights and like look up a program online and in my Mm -hmm. isolation at one point i think during the pandemic i was like i'm just gonna work out with like a pull-up bar in my apartment and like you know in isolation just do that and to, for me, it was so excruciating. I did it, but it was like excruciating and joining. Yeah, I do CrossFit, which I know is kind of cringy. And <laughs> a lot of people have opinions. There are a lot of problems with CrossFit, I will say.
0: <laughs> <laughs> However. Sorry, I didn't mean to put you on the spot. No, it's I mean, it's yeah.
2: totally fine. But I the point is like group classes or there's so many different ways of, of doing it. And um, I wish I kind of told myself back then, like, you don't have to just like do like a hundred pull-ups a day and like do things in isolation. Like it's good to kind of get outside your comfort zone and yeah. Joining yeah, a running group what like enjoy. Katie, do what you enjoy. It
1: could be dancing. It could totally. Be, um, oh man, now I'm like skateboarding. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, what is there to cleaning do? Cleaning your bird's dancing?
3: cage. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Cleaning the bird cage.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, there's like orange yeah. theory is another thing. Yeah. Have you guys heard of that? Yeah. Things. There's a lot.
1: Find something you enjoy to just move. Yeah. yeah. Just try it.
2: Like martial yeah. arts is is cool too. There's like so many. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. biased towards like group classes. I think because it's like what's yeah, nice yeah. about them is you just like go and you don't have to think about it, and they just like tell you what to yeah. do, and you just have something to do. Yeah, sure.
1: Yeah, um,
2: and totally. I'll
1: try not to talk for like five hours about running, but I will say oh, like wow. with training for a race or something. Ninety percent of my running is like quote unquote easy running, where I am running at a jogging pace where I can breathe through my nose and talk like I am not like sprinting for every single run it's it's there's like a plan where like you have two hard runs a week and then like four easy ones um so I will say that that's all I'll say but Ben's looking at me because he knows I can talk about this for like
0: no yeah. i'm just but-
3: <laughs> <to your>
1: <laughs> i if yeah. anybody wants to talk about running i will talk with you anytime i will say but- i do
0: think like exercising progressive overload running and stuff it is a really good um like analogy for animation oh, in general yeah, or like yeah. anything so yeah but i won't get into yeah it. But there's this yeah, whole, like animating is a about marathon it. not a yeah, totally. yeah you, oh, it's yeah. a steady
1: consistent training rather than yeah. like l- sprints here and there. Yeah. Yeah. I remember <laughs> my,
2: my therapist at one point was like, he asked me like these like few questions and it was like, one, did you, did you drink enough water this week? Did uh, you exercise this week? And then did you like have time to meditate this week? Those were like the three things. And it was like, he was like 90% of your issues could be solved by like doing those uh, oh, three yeah. things consistently. <laughs> I know that's not necessarily true, but it just makes me think like so many um, even like I think so many like mental issues can be solved if you kind of do those basic um, mm-hmm. things and like, mm-hmm. yeah, like move your body and yeah.
1: You brought up yeah. meditation. Do you want oh. transition to oh, transition
0: okay. yeah. Should we, are, are we you guys ahead? okay with going out of order? I've
1: been around. That's bit. cool. Yeah. I Yeah. Cool well, I
0: guess it's I organic.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I like meditation. Um, I, to be honest, I'm not 100% disciplined with it. Like, all the time but um i have benefited a lot from it um there's like Mm -hmm. a ton of apps there's like headspace Mm -hmm. calm and and stuff like that and i really try to to do daily meditations but sometimes i'm not fully good with it but it just helps you kind of like be curious about your mental patterns and kind of like stop and take a beat see -hmm. how you're feeling see where you're at um So, yeah, so definitely something to pursue. I'm curious how you guys, do you guys meditate or has that, have you benefited from meditation?
1: Um, yeah, I've used Headspace before. Um, I'm not the same. I'm not regular with it. And there have been kind of periods where I've used it more or less, but, and I, I do find money or money. Well, (laughs) I don't even know where that came from (laughs) because I do find running very meditative. Oh, yeah, yeah, Um, (laughs) yeah. Money, money. Money I would be nice. I- <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Um.
1: Wow. Okay. But yeah, I I do use Headspace. Um. And yeah, I'm not like I wouldn't say I'm super religious about it. But when I do it, I always I'm I'm always glad that I did it. i never regret doing it for sure. And it, it's a nice moment to take a beat. And um, I think it helps too with like practicing before something nerve wracking. Uh yeah. especially like if you're gonna do dailies or something, it, I think I've learned to like do certain breathing techniques and slow down. <laughs> um, so yeah, I recommend it.
0: Yeah, I agree. I have to, I have to say I'm probably not the best with it, but I do take <laughs> at least, I will say pretty much every night I take a brief like mindfulness break before actually getting into bed. Um, sometimes it's frankly like 30 seconds (laughs) but um yeah yeah but it is really helpful to even that i mean that's gosh like yeah so short and and it's like nothing of my day but yeah i do here and there and then when i really feel like you know feeling stressed or depressed or whatever I, i try to up it a little bit but uh yeah super helpful
2: super useful yeah yeah that's cool
0: Ooh. Should we jump back to what we talked about before, where or what we were going to talk about before on our list of bullet points here? Setting boundaries is a good way to deal with burnout. But what does that mean?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Tell yeah. us, baby. Oh, me? Okay. I think- yeah, it's because I, I wrote like three slides about this in my talk. But, <laughs> that was a big one. Um, yeah, there's there's big and small boundaries you can set. Um, so small ones would be like, um, you know, if you have a job and you use Slack or email or whatever, like try to separate yourself from that when you're off hours. So like, don't check Slack when you're finishing Sorry. the workday, and don't like check your email on the weekend, that kind of thing. If you go on vacation, like I delete those apps from my phone or I like to take mm. my work email off of my app. And um, I, you know, you set the do not disturb mm-hmm. times. Um, there are little things you can do to kind of maintain separation. Like I, at the end of the day, I actually, this is something I recently instituted. I turned my computer off um, as like a little ritual and, mm-hmm. um, oh. Uh, actually this is just at home i don't do it at work because they like use it to render but anyway (laughs) so i turn my home computer off as like the signal of like okay i'm done i'm not going to restart it um and i've heard other people will like put a blanket over their computer or uh, or maybe they meditate or go for a walk but some kind of like little like boundary between your work life and your home life um Um, you guys have any ideas? I'm blanking now. Other boundaries? Yeah.
0: I'll say, yeah, this is uh uh, one right off the top of my head. It can be a little contentious, so I want to talk about it like uh, sensitively, but with like overtime and stuff. Oh, right. Yeah. Um, for example, at Disney, we're pretty privileged in that they will generally send out a survey and ask like how much overtime Mm -hmm. are you willing to do or not willing to do. Um, so we have a little bit of autonomy there. Sometimes you can feel pressured to do a little more, whatever, but generally it's pretty good. I know at other companies you might not be afforded the same sort of uh autonomy or or flexibility yeah um but for example like even even if you're freelancing and a lot of times they'll ask for like a daily rate um and I would really encourage people to say like, well, my daily rate is we'll say five hundred dollars, and that covers ten hours. And if you have to, if I have to stay more than mm. ten hours, then it's going to be X, Y, and Z more. Or you can just say I don't do more than ten hours of work mm. in a day, mm-hmm. um, and it's non-negotiable. Um, and that sounds really intense. And again, I want to talk about privilege and everything. And I know if you're just like looking for a job right out of school, there's a lot of pressure to like just be like, I'll do whatever you want. It doesn't matter. Um, but really try to think ab- about it as the long game that, you know, you want to do this job. If you're 22, you want to still be able to do it when you're 52. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you're probably not going to be able to, if you're just killing yourself, um, yeah. the whole time. So I think that's an- another big one and it is okay. Um, this is, and also I'll acknowledge I'm a little hypocritical here because I feel a lot of like <laughs> pressure sometimes to work more and whatever, but it is okay to set those boundaries and be like, no, I feel like I am most mm-hmm. productive. I'm the biggest asset to the team. If I do nine hours a day or 10 or eight or whatever, uh, or something crazy is going on in my life right now. And I can only give, you know, I don't know, 30 hours this week mm-hmm. or whatever, the reality is it might not work for every company out there, um, but I encourage you to try to set those boundaries and find jobs that will kind of like work with you within those boundaries because there are good jobs out there. You don't have to take all the abuse in the world forever. Um, so yeah, that's all a big messy way to say really <laughs> try to set that boundary, I think, yeah. with like your daily work expenditure. I totally
2: second everything you guys are saying and i feel like i could talk about setting boundaries for so long too because i feel like as a chronic people pleaser (laughs) i have a lot of trouble setting boundaries and one thing that i wrote down here is um and this is also potentially controversial but i've had a lot of people that i really respect um in animation ask me to help them with like personal projects for instance and i've I kind of have a blanket, like, I'm not helping people with things. That's um, a really yeah. good one. Now, which yeah. it sucks. Like, I, there's so many people that have, like, <laughs> there's so many people that have approached me. <laughs> I'm not realizing that oh. how that doesn't sound good. Sorry, I'm a little tipsy. <laughs> but no, like, I kind of have a blanket, like, I don't help with personal projects or just in general now, or even freelance or stuff like that, because between work, like Disney work and my own personal projects and then like my friendships, my relationships. I just have no time Yeah. tell people of other things. And it's really hard to say no to them, but I do that because if I don't do that, I'll do it and then I will be resentful. Yeah. And yes, that's not helpful totally. to those yeah. people. Um. So I feel like so many of my mental health struggles relate to not setting boundaries and it could be, mm-hmm. it could be that type of thing. Could also be, this is where I'm getting getting a little crazy, but like I just got a, a dog and you learn about boundaries with dogs because, <laughs> you know, like people coming over and saying how how to interact with the dog, you know, because we're training our dog yeah, or like, sure. we no, you can't say hi to our dog or like, you know, when we're on a walk yeah, or like you can't sure. have your so it kind of relates to that stuff. Um, But that gets a little, little
0: dicey. <laughs> yeah yeah. yeah
3: no totally it's huge that, totally that's a really great yeah.
0: example though where it's yeah. like you know it's your dog you yeah. you choose how to like you know you get to call the shots there and but likewise with from- your life you get to call the shots yeah. generally yeah. you know and and there's a way to do it respectfully and kindly but being respectful and kind doesn't mean Doing what other people want all the time necessarily. I, so I'm so
1: glad you read it. That's great. I'm so glad you brought up the personal projects and people pleasing because yep. um, I'll bring up a book now. One of my favorite books is this book called 4,000 Weeks Time Management for Mortals. And the whole premise of the book is basically like life is short. So you just simply cannot do everything that you want to do. Um, and there's not time for everything. Totally. So you have to prioritize the things you actually care about and you like should recognize when you're spending time on things that um, are, are less important than your priorities or like, and I feel bad cause now. I'm saying people's personal projects are less important, but it's 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 sort of I like mean, a. They are. It's like a. <laughs> Your life. It's yeah. a self preservation thing too. Yeah. Um, where you don't want to burn out, so that you're being mediocre at everything. Like yeah. Yeah. Instead, you pick and- f- Choose a few things to really put your time and energy into, so that you're not half-assing a million things.
4: <laughs> totally.
1: um, so I, I totally relate to that, and I feel like that has been like the lesson of like going from twenties to thirties is like yeah. really like <laughs> picking and being selective about your time, yeah, um, totally. and figuring out like what recharges you, what re- what inspires you, what energizes you, and how to like stay sustainable yeah
2: (laughs) totally and it can even be about setting uh boundaries with yourself yeah i find with myself like sometimes i like spend too much time on something it's like no like it's time to take a break and Mm -hmm. you know do this other thing that's healthier so it's not just about being like i'm not going to help other people but it can be yeah about how you interact with with yourself
0: so yeah Mm -hmm. can't be in that crossfit gym 24 (laughs) that's true those muscles need the rest <laughs> so next we, we good moving on yeah we want to talk about asking for help this is a difficult one especially mm. especially i think when you're early on and you want to look like superman or superwoman or superperson um <laughs> and uh never want to admit that something might be too much or whatever but i cannot advocate for this enough <laughs> asking for help it could be as simple as like There's been a couple times at at work at whichever studio um, I've been fortunate enough to be at where people have said, Hey, we're thinking about you for like these shots. Do you want them? Or like, do you, would you like to do something else? And there've been a couple times where I'm like, i really do not want this <laughs> right now <laughs> and but it feels so uncomfortable to be like uh oh, can i actually have this other thing right now like i just got done with this other thing and was really busy or whatever i would really like kind of a a breather but oh my god having the i so advocate for being able to advocate for yourself and be like hey actually i need a little breather right now um and it will just serve you so well in the long run, even if it temporarily feels a little uncomfortable. Um, so that's one quick, silly little way. Um, do you guys have other things to talk about with that?
2: I feel like you, you said it well, and it, it just reminds me that I feel like some of us are chronic people pleasers and we always, yeah. we don't want to, you know, upset.
1: Some like, or all of us. Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. And it, but I think people pleasing, it's tough like cause yeah, you just, Um, you sacrifice your own well-being for other people. Yourself
1: in the foot. Yeah, yeah. Um, It can come back to haunt you.
3: Yeah.
4: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I like we have some notes down for asking for help. Like that can manifest, and sometimes, um, you know, you're coming towards the end of a project, and you realize. Uh, that you might not hit your deadline and like there's very hard deadlines because you're at the end. So that could manifest with like asking to have a shot or two taken off your plate. Um, and sometimes it could mean like asking to do less hours, like when you're in crunch. And um, I, in my experience, it's like so worth it. Like generally protection teams do plan for, um they have some buffer room for the ends where they like de- well if they're a, a a good production team which usually we're lucky to work with at Disney but um so basically that means they they have left some space in the schedule for some animators to not have work in case other animators aren't able to finish or whatever and that might not and that's not like at the fault of the animators sometimes it's just the, the bids are inaccurate or, or a shot is, um, I don't want to use the word nitpicked, but it takes a little more time to figure out or something. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, so basically, like, it's in your interest, it's in everyone's interest if you speak up <laughs> early and as soon as you realize, oh, I might not hit, um, yeah, you can let them know and then they will take some shots off your plate and um, it's great. I've also, like, asked... I've been pretty specific. This is related to setting boundaries, too, where I'll say, like, oh, I really, like... I'm really feeling the crunch. Like, I really need to do, like, a 45-hour week um, to recharge for the rest of the crunch. Or, like, I can only do 50s or 55s for the rest Um Only hours. 50. I know. <laughs> <laughs> That's
4: just um, the limit.
1: Um, <laughs> and, like, just, like... Then I realized because I have more time to recharge, I'm actually doing better work too. Like this is, totally.
3: Um,
1: that's another point I wanted to make sure to bring up is like, sometimes you shouldn't feel guilty about resting because maybe if you're overworked or you're, you're exhausted, you're like not doing the best work too. And you like start to take shortcuts or
3: yeah.
1: um, so I think it's also in the interest of the work and, the quality of the work and the company to rest. So, yeah.
2: Another thing we listed here was sometimes it's okay to look for a new job. You know, if if something is really toxic and you're just not yeah. generally connecting um, with your job, it's totally okay. Like a new job can solve solve that problem for you. Um, this definitely speaks, speaks to probably a lot of people. Like I've definitely had jobs where you know, you're just really struggling. And then that is a a simple solution, right? You just like (laughs) find a new place of employment and it can be better. Um, but I'm curious to hear your guys' thoughts on totally.
0: Yeah. We kind of tease this in the setting boundaries and like overtime and stuff, but I think this one is really valuable. I think especially for, you know, if you consider yourself like a, want like a people pleaser or you like being a high performer or something. There's a lot of pressure to be like, I have to succeed in every situation, no matter what, even if it's this like really shitty toxic job, (laughs) but like (laughs) you don't necessarily, it's okay to find a different one. Um, And I'll also acknowledge that there's privilege involved with this. Like, of course you got to pay the bills and sometimes you got to pay, stay in a bad situation for a bit um because the job market is whatever and you know what you know any number of reasons um so we want to be sensitive to that but i would say if you are in a place where you feel like it's just built into the fabric of the place this kind of toxicity and there's not much you can do definitely just chip away on the side with uh trying to look for a different situation and i think we've brought this up in past episodes but i want to reiterate that the niche you occupy at your current job is not necessarily the same niche that you occupy that you will occupy at a different one or in other words um mm-hmm. people thrive in different situations um mm-hmm. so it's absolutely been the case that i you know know somebody who was at xyz studio and they did not do particularly well there and then they came to either disney or dreamworks or whatever other studio yeah. It did great there and vice versa. People who did amazing in this system go to this other studio and they have a tougher time. Um, So whatever, um, I don't know if it's appropriate to use the uh, analogy, but I'll say whatever position you like are currently occupying on the totem pole or whatever Mm -hmm. you feel like is not, take it with a grain of salt. I mean, yeah, there could be value into analyzing that and looking at it objectively, but also you might be much more appreciated at a different company or something. Mm -hmm. And, um, I, man, I've seen it happen a bunch of times that people go to a different company and their career just takes off and vice versa and everything in between. (laughs) So, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
2: I love that.
3: Definitely.
0: That's a
2: really good point. (laughs)
1: Um, <laughs> this one's not a bullet for- point but oh. it, I want to bring it up cause I did bring it up in my talk and I just like forgot to add it to the outline. But, um, I, when I was researching burnout one of the really interesting things I found out was that, um, one of the best solutions is actually to find more meaning in your job.
0: Oh yeah, I'm glad you bring this up. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I'd always assumed that like you need to take more time off or something but there's actually studies showing like you could take like a year plus off and then go back to the same situation and get burnout out right away because like the factors haven't changed. Mm-hmm. So um, so finding more meaning is actually an interesting solution in that um, one example of this that I looked up was, uh, they were looking at this teacher who was really burnout out and um, they being I found this through a psychologist named Adam Grant, who is actually like a legit psychologist who works at Penn and stuff. So I, I, I'm not just like saying they in the ether. <laughs> anyway, so he, there is a study and they were looking at a teacher who was really burnt out. Um, and her solution wasn't actually to like reduce her workload. It was actually to add tutoring of some really promising and dedicated students so that she felt like her work mattered. Hmm. Um, So I think it it can be like easy to burn out in situations where, yeah, you feel like you're, you're not valued. Your work doesn't matter. You're not contributing. Um, and so there, there are a lot of ways to like rethink or, or try to shift your situation at work so that you feel like your work matters. Um, and like in animation, there i think there's a lot of ways to kind of refine value where even if you're animating something you're like not super interested in you can choose to focus on one thing that you really want to improve on so maybe you know the shot doesn't interest you but you're like well okay I'm really going to try to get better at eye darts and eye movement and facial connectivity and you're like okay I'm going to dedicate this this assignment to that or you focus on the big picture of like, what is the movie stand for? And you know, mm-hmm. does this movie show, like, is it representing a group that's never been on the screen before? Like a minority group or a country or culture that's never really been shown in the animation. Um, there's a lot of ways to kind of find value in what you do um, there's also value in connecting with your coworkers and having like a better community at work. So maybe you kind of lean into mentoring somebody at work or you lean into creating some sort of like, I don't know, a social group at work, whether it's like you plan happy hours or um you form a band or you, you form a running group just like any way
3: mm-hmm.
1: to find more meaning in your job i think will help you um yeah i just went on a wrong rant but do you guys have anything to add
2: <laughs> i love that i feel like we have a point here that's like find the fun and oh, i yeah. i almost think that's
0: similar I you didn't say that what, what? <laughs> f the f and f the, the f, f sorry short and <laughs> f it's the f like <laughs> which granted is not actually shorter i just like it more and it, <laughs> it sounds
1: f. like suggestive yeah you gotta f, f, f,
3: the
2: f. F. f just say
0: it to yourself but sorry go on Karen.
2: no but what I, in terms of like yeah like finding meaning in your work um like a great example of this on like a practical level for me is like if you're if if i'm cast a shot that i'm not that interested in like creatively um i might try to look for things in the process of animating that i might be interested like that the the actual process of animating might be like fun for me so it might be for instance like exploring different workflows like if i'm typically a pose-to-pose animator might be like well let's try to do like spline first layered style animation or Mm, you know like oh like what's the one thing in this shot i could really nail i think Ben, I think you, early on in the podcast, I think you said something that I always like think about and it's like... It was FDF.
0: It was FDF.
2: (laughs) (laughs) No, it was like have in every shot, like have a goal or something. You said something like Mm -hmm. that of like Mm -hmm. have something you're kind of, um, you know, trying to achieve. And basically, if you're not happy with your shot creatively that you're cast, like just... yeah find the fun find the meaning in it um Mm -hmm. whether that's like your process or just make up something make up something that you're interested in because otherwise it's going to be a fucking drag to just totally uh,
1: yeah yeah like you know sometimes you'll be cast a shot that has like 10 characters and like of course like you can't spend a ton of time on like these background characters but i'll be like oh you know what that one's my yes. college yes. roommate that one's my dad like i'll just like <laughs> you know they're just like breathing cycles but i'm gonna like <laughs> try to infuse something into them
0: yeah um
1: great. just to like you know care about it basically totally yeah
0: yeah i totally agree another silly little trick i i like doing or i don't know if tricks is the right word but if I'm getting like noodled with notes yeah. about, like, oh, you know, tweak this eyelid here or there, whatever. I usually like to do that, and then I'll do one extra thing that's mine. <laughs> where yeah. I'll like, okay, I'm going to tweak the eyelid, and even though nobody else is going <laughs> to like, like clock this or realize the difference, like I'm going to polish this finger in this section just a tiny bit more, and that one's just for <laughs> me. Like, I like and it kind of gives me a little more sense of autonomy, even if I'm feel uh, like I'm yeah. being kind of like, you know, I have to like robotically, <laughs> <you> know, like. <laughs> do these things so i don't know it's just a little thing that helps me sometimes
1: yeah yeah i'll say like somewhat related um like if we're in crunch time and i know i'm like getting tired or i will be more vocal about requesting shots and characters because i know like that's what will fuel me is like if i care about the shot it doesn't always work out but sometimes it does um and you know, I usually give a little anecdote about like why I care about the shower. I'm like, oh, it's like a sister and a brother, and I have a brother. <laughs> that's very very basic. I say more than that, oh, but, no. but yeah, <laughs> but I, it's I about just a person like person
0: and I'm a person. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but I like try to like ex- just find a reason, yeah, to care. Yeah, um, totally.
3: Yeah, yeah.
0: That's that's really good. Yeah, yeah. good stuff next though it's i don't know where we are (laughs) we are at maybe we are at maybe cut the following maybe cut
2: the So these are like honorable mentions i guess yeah We don't have to elaborate on them things we had
0: written down but we weren't sure we weren't sure if we'd have
3: time
0: but we do
2: have time so
0: what do we think
3: so
2: we can we can briefly talk about them do it so i feel i feel like this one was mine um so i should talk about it (laughs) um so <laughs> here's my thought <laughs> the The point is understand the mind body connection, which sounds really woo woo but here's the thing I feel like um, uh, oh man, how do I even begin talking about okay. this? I feel like there's a bigger connection between like stress in our like mental stress and our physical um physical ailments that mm-hmm. we have like you know, obviously, I feel like it's socially acceptable to be like, oh, you, you have a migraine and your doctor will ask you if you have, you have, do you have are you stressed stressed yeah. out? And that's like normal um, or like, oh, are you not sleeping well? And that's causing the migraines or whatever. But I, I think that, you know, back pain, I think there's more to like how mental health can affect your physical health. And there's books on this and I'll put these in the show notes. Um, there's a guy named Dr. Sarno who came up with this like um kind of uh I don't know illness called TMS and I read about it cuz I was having a lot of lower back pain mm. and um it talks about uh how uh, certain personality types basically can uh be susceptible to this type of thing where if you get stressed yeah you can have like back pain and migraines and stuff and just anecdotally I know a lot of people um in the animation industry who have like wrist pain caused from drawing or like mm-hmm. back pain and stuff like that and I don't know I know it's not it's not fully like scientifically proven but I just have this sense that um stress can do more to us than we really understand oh, i right totally
1: now. agree yeah so that's
2: where I was going with this this whole yeah thing. totally
1: i can I can speak to it too from personal experience like I talked about being burnout after in Kanto and there were like physical manifestations of stress for sure. Like I I got like weird rashes at that time. Like mm-hmm. I felt like my immune system was low. Um, definitely totally. like <laughs> was more prone to like panic attacks and like mm-hmm. had a couple like crying episodes or hyperventilation, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, absolutely. There's a point where like stress will start to physically manifest. Um, Uh, yeah. Back pain too. I don't know if it's more from, yeah, it could be a combo of sitting and and mental stress, but I, yeah, I completely agree.
0: Yeah. Yeah. This is just another random example related to this is I know I like, I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I love like personality tests sort of things. (laughs) but, and a lot of them are kind of like generally Generally Lulu. bunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but one of the ones that is said to be a little more legit is called the big five, which is like the least legit name. <laughs> um it basically measures like where you are kind of on the spectrum, uh, based on like five different things and it's like agreeability, introversion versus extroversion is All one right. of them. Mm. And one of them is anxiety too. Mm. And anxiety has a, a little bit of a different meaning in the context of this text tests than what we generally talk about but it's in the same ballpark where it's it's more about like noticing things and worrying about them and blah blah blah. and it there's been a number of studies that are basically like if you're very high in that like you can there's things you can do to mitigate that and whatever but it there is a bit of a correlation between like a shorter lifespan (laughs) and like much higher like anxiety whatever and like (laughs) I mean, it's so, it's so supports that, like, I mean, the mind body connection is very real, you know? Yeah. And we, we, I think it's so silly that we treat it as like totally separate things where, like,
4: oh,
3: yeah, you
0: know, you're totally physically healthy, even though you're completely depressed and whatever. Like, no, they're kind For of heart attacks. Like, a lot Yeah. Of, I know, yeah. is
2: it, I mean, <laughs> I shouldn't talk about this, but basically, like, there are people <laughs> in the industry who get heart attacks and, um, it's because of stress and that's yeah. like peop- i feel like that's like socially acceptable to like understand that but um, more subtle yeah. cases of like oh i have back pain or yeah i totally yeah. sorry i'm just like agreeing with what you said oh yeah totally yeah
1: um, and like hmm. long-term things like if you are stressed out chronically like you'll have higher levels of cortisol hormone which can lead to weight gain like there's so many totally, manifestations yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah and consequences yeah
0: yeah gratitude journal
2: <laughs> another one that I feel like I made up but I'm going to make There's one
3: some of no I have it. one too good? Okay.
2: <laughs> good
1: our next bullet point is gratitude journal and I don't know I mean Garrett put it down but
0: i segue wasn't wasn't good enough <laughs> <laughs> just shouting out the next thing
3: <laughs>
0: G-G. Right. G-J.
3: yeah um G-J.
1: Garrett wrote it down but independently yeah, i have had one uh-huh. in the past and it's a nice practice just to like write down things you're grateful for so you kind of take stock of everything that is going right um and you just I think, feel more at peace with the world. (laughs) Totally. Yeah, I don't know how you have used it, but.
2: (laughs) There's this this, uh, YouTube channel, super popular, called like In a Nutshell, and I have no idea how to pronounce it. It's like there's a German.
0: uh, I think you did it right, In a Nutshell. No,
2: it's like, (laughs) I'm not going to. Wow, <laughs> we're gonna put it in our show notes. <laughs> okay. but oh, I think I know.
0: What do you know you're what I'm talking about? about. It's yeah, like it's animated, like a long German yes, words. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. whatever. Yes. Like, yeah, yes.
2: They they all have really cool uh, YouTube videos, and they talked about the importance of a, a gratitude journal. And so, I think for one Christmas, I asked for like their gratitude journal, and it's just it's nothing like super special, but it just like kind of organizes it in a way where you know, they tell you about the importance of, of it and like, you know, a little bit of a log of, of, of logging your gratitude per day. And I think, um, yeah, it's been cool. I'm not super consistent with it, but I think there is actual like scientific studies to say that
0: it, it benefits you mentally to do it. So that's awesome. I love that YouTube channel. It's so cool, man. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it's great for like, um, I am very aware of the hedonic treadmill, which is like Uh, basically like you adapt to any new like good thing that's happened in your life and then you like find new things to worry about and like be upset about. Uh, So like maybe... like momentarily you're really excited about a promotion but then that like happiness about getting promoted like wears away you just like go back to your base norm. The good
0: becomes normal. Yes, the better
1: becomes normal. Or like you upgrade from a one bedroom (laughs) apartment to a two bedroom apartment or Mm -hmm. a two bedroom apartment to a house or whatever it is and you just like kind of like go back to this baseline of like being like cranky about like not owning a mansion or whatever it is. So I think I try to Use the gratitude journal to like combat that and remain grateful about all these new good things that have happened. And um, yeah, that's yeah. yeah,
2: that's really useful. Totally. I, I think the next thing we have on here is just like general book recommendations, and um, maybe this is better kind of set on our on our show notes. I know Katie had a list of really oh, good yeah. ones, put them in, and I have some um that have helped me. So we'll just we'll just put that in our show notes. There's just there's so much, like, knowledge out there. There's, like, I have, like, YouTubers that are, like, mental health YouTubers mm-hmm. that I, like, listen to. So mm-hmm. there's just so much. There's so much. Yeah. It's awesome. I
1: think there's a lot of power in self-educating and just, like, diving into this stuff yourself. And um, it sounds like we've both been self-educating a lot, Ben, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking
3: at Ben because I'm not sure what books you've read. need the
0: acronym. <laughs> You're looking at me because, you know, you and Garrett have been, no, and no. I have just been benefiting no. from being married to you <laughs> and learning about it. No,
3: perfect
1: on his he own need it. journey. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. I am we on all, my own yeah, journey. Yeah, we all have our own journey. And I'm starting yeah. slow.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, all this to say, too, like, um, something I talked about in when I gave the talk at Disney is like there's not necessarily a happily ever after with this stuff where you like figure it out and then you don't have to think about it ever again. Like for me, it's an ongoing practice. I am constantly evolving. Um, life is always throwing different curveballs that you need to like learn to navigate in new ways. So um, yeah, sorry to say like, like you don't just figure it out and then you're done. It, it is like very much a practice and totally um, it's just
0: like exercising. Yeah. Like exactly. it's not, you know, at no point have you exercised enough for the rest of your yeah,
3: life. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's,
0: a, it's an ongoing thing. So make yeah. friends with it. Right. Yeah.
1: Um, I don't think oh, we figured yeah. out a tip jar. Oh, oh on wait,
0: no, let's yeah, keep does going. Does anybody
1: have anything on the fly?
2: Oh man. Oh.
0: a Random tip.
2: Oh snap! Does it need to be mental health related?
0: I'll say a quick one. It's not yes. mental health related. Do we
2: usually ting, ting,
0: ting?
3: <laughs>
2: oh, oh
0: wait, mine's not mental health related. Is That's that okay? Fine. Okay, we'll okay. just go okay. with it. We'll ting.
3: Here we go. Ting, 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 Yay. Ting, Yay. Ting, Yay. ting. Woo! Yay. Tip
0: jar. Tip jar. All right. <laughs> Might have to cut this. Remind me, guys, if we've said this before. But I, my tip is shooting reference for things that. You would not normally think to shoot reference for, or oh, yeah, or something that's not a one to one translation. I'll say it that way. So, I'll say if you, for example, have like a fish swimming through the water in your shot, and you know, we do it all the time when we're like critiquing each other and giving each other notes where we're like, oh, the fish is kind of coming in here, like, you know, voom, 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 voop. and I think it should be more like. Voom, voom.
1: you know like
0: you know and you talk through like timing and stuff like that
1: and ben's doing a lot of miming with his hand
0: yeah yeah yeah, where you'll do like a fast action with your hand and i am a big advocate for just shoot a silly video of yourself going like whoop 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 whoop, with your hand Mm. and whatever just going across the screen or moving it back and forth or whatever and then even though it doesn't look like what your final animation is going to be, what I love about it is if you bring that, put it on an image plane in Maya or whatever, you can literally see your timing there Or you're like, Oh, when I like, yeah. you know, waved my hand over this way, it was like 12 frames. And then six frames over here. And then I took a really long time. It took like 63 frames to go over here. And it's this nice, really concrete way mm-hmm. to get timing in, um, in kind of a, kind of a, weird way but um i really love it just anecdotally i used it once on um a how to turn your dragon shot of one of the big like death gripper things they had like scorpion tails mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. i didn't know exactly how to do it um and i was having trouble like in the software having it like kind of overlap but then also strike but i could just kind of like do it with my hand like the feeling i wanted yeah. so finally i went into the reference room and just kind of did it with my hand. That's <laughs> and, amazing. And uh, then I could copy that timing, and it was it was super helpful.
1: Yeah, I've done a version of that where um, I had a shot with in Wish where Star was like zipping around in the trees, and I actually screen captured my mouse moving around.
3: Oh, so perfect. I had
1: like That's the great. background open, but then I like did the like zip 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 with my mouse and captured that that's path awesome. um roughly and that was really helpful to like just like capture the path i wanted and the timing so
0: that's awesome yeah, that's I great really agree it's similar to uh procreate dreams actually has a oh. uh like a record function it's similar to that now where it can record you in real time like doing a movement with your hand and it gets actually, the timing that's
1: in there tip is download procreate i was gonna
2: say you guys (laughs) guys have played with it because i saw it at lightbox and it was insane
0: i downloaded it and i've watched some how-to videos but haven't actually like done anything yet yeah it's like 20 bucks incredible it's 20 bucks one time right yeah it's unbelievable i don't know how procreate it's like my favorite company on the face of the earth (laughs) because the (laughs) fact that um wait what is it just called procreate yeah, right. Procreate,
1: yeah. Procreate. James, Yeah.
2: Procreate. Okay. Yeah. It's
0: not Adobe, right? It's like a just. No, no, no. It's, it's not Adobe. Like, yeah. That yeah. yeah. uh, they. Man, their apps are so good yeah. and so cost effective, and they're constantly updating them. It's just like unbelievable. Yeah. That's so cool.
2: Yeah, because I know like. Yeah, Rough Animator is what I use a lot for like yeah. fun, silly stuff. I'm very curious to try Procreate Dreams. Oh,
0: rough Animator is awesome too. It's so cool.
2: Yeah. Because it's also like a one-time fee. It's not like the sub- subscription oh, model. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And uh, my friend at NYU made Rough Animator. Hey Shout out. Shout Jacob out. Kafka. Hey. Um, but I uh, no, I love your tip. I feel like I struggle so much with timing and like normally in my in my head, I think I, I'm like Whatever I end up doing is always like very regular, like oh, not yeah, like yeah. textured right. yeah, and
0: same. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, like, having like, oh no, when I do it with my hand, like, I can see that, oh, this is 12 frames. This is two frames. This is, yeah, yeah it's like totally immensely helpful for me. So, yeah, it's yeah. a great tip. Hey, hey, hey. So, that about well no I guess we want to talk about uh, social media
1: yeah I we think I have used social media. to be the person that did this
2: <laughs> oh do it
1: every time I'm like what's our Instagram handle <laughs> and I always forget but yeah we are on social media we do, we do we're mostly have active it. on Instagram yeah. and is it animation Happy Hour?
3: oh my gosh. <laughs> I don't know well I don't
0: know we <laughs> <The tag laughs> we're it,
1: on the ground and.
3: We,
0: if you type in animation happy hour i'm sure we'll come up we
1: have a gmail animation happy hour com. we have a website animation happy hour.com um we love when you leave us a review we got
2: a really nice we got a message.
1: super nice email recently from i think stephanie shaw so shout out to stephanie we loved it thank you stephanie um, and thank it you. helped motivate us to re-record or get back to recording.
0: And just confirmed, um, it is animation happy hour. Not okay. like animation anim happy hour. hour or anything. Yeah, like that. yeah. on
1: Instagram. Yeah.
0: yeah.
1: yeah. Um, and we did reactivate our tip jar.
2: Oh, um,
0: yes. Oh we we
2: talked about it in the last one? I can't remember. I think
1: remember. we did, okay. yes. Um, oh, yeah. So we do appreciate that if you donate to the podcast to help us with our hosting fees and whatnot. Um, <laughs> Technically, we could still sell T-shirts. Um.
0: Oh, yeah. is the no, it's available, still- right? Yeah, yeah.
1: The shop's still up. What, yeah. <laughs> guys, I'm so rusty. What is, it's what's the company?
0: Oh, my God. All
1: of this is on the website.
0: Yeah, yeah. Look at so that. So if you want a t
1: shirt or a sweatshirt or a mug with our logo, you can find it on the website. Um,
0: yeah. That's great. Uh. That's our
1: rundown, I think.
0: Love it. I think that does it. That Thank does you, it. Katie. That's perfect. <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> So, uh, this has been Garrett. Katie. Hey. And Ben. Thanks for listening. And... Happy